Philip Mathis here with the Philip Mathis Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to our first official podcast. I got my boy, Corey Fugate, live from the metropolitan area, the illustrious city of Bowling Green, Kentucky. Are you there? He's here via Skype. I'm here, brother. Right, I, I hear you loud and clear, 10-4, buddy. And I got my brother, Joseph Mathis, holding it down in the heart of the bluegrass, Stanville, Kentucky. The suburb of the suburb of the suburb of the suburb of Lexington. Are you there? Yes, for those of you all listening, go ahead and hit that little red X in the top (laughs) of the screen, because this is going to be awful. No, man, this is going to be good. We're going to talk about some sports, and you're going to want to stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned, because the more, and tell your friends about it, because the more people that listen in, the more people that download the podcast. And the more money that can be in our pockets. That's right, because it's all about acquiring money and disregarding women. So, that's what this sports show is about. Today, on the Philip Mathis Podcast Show, I wanted to look at... uh, an area of sports that is applicable to all fans and that is the issue of fanhood particularly we'll take a look at Steve Bartman and the whole Bartman story and the Bartman documentary that's been airing on ESPN and and how Cubs fans treated Bartman following the incidents of um, the NLCS and we'll also take a look at, at how being a fan of a sport or of a team, excuse me, in a different city kind of affects the way the hometown fans view you. And that's all next on the Philip Mathis Radio Show. So I wanted to look at this whole aspect of fanhood. Um, Joe was mentioning to me earlier that he had the opportunity to watch the Steve Bartman documentary it was actually playing, uh, I believe, on ESPN2 or something, uh, or ESPN, during the All-Star game. And he chose to watch Bartman over the All-Star game. So why did what appealed to you about Bartman over, you know, over the All-Star because, game? Because professional baseball is greater than professional basketball. Okay. That's good enough for me. Uh, I think the whole Bartman story, as interesting as it is, can you kind of... We all kind of know what happened. Moises Alou ran over to catch the ball. Bartman sticks his hand out or whatever to, to catch the ball, as any fan would. Tell us the story that, that maybe we didn't see having watched the replay of the Bartman clip that you learned from the documentary. Well, you didn't see any of it if you didn't watch the documentary. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, in popular sports, we've all seen the Bartman clip replay. Um, that, that, he's the yeah, scape, well, that he's the scapegoat of the Chicago Cubs, and he's, you know, scapegoat. Uh, when I say scapegoat, pun intended. You know, the curse Basically, of the, the whole the whole city turns on them because Chicago is that huge baseball town. They all love the Cubs, so um, it's fairly interesting to look at. Say, for example, we all know, being from Kentucky, how huge Kentucky Bass University right. Kentucky basketball is in the state. Right. Say, for example, and the White Sox all, are the Louisville Cardinals of the city. We'll say that much. Uh, yeah. Except that, yeah, I don't know if the White Sox. Yeah, well, we can say that, I guess, yeah. Um, so, let's say, for example, we are all at the Final Four, okay? And something happens the game before the U.K. goes to the championship. And this is a guy that's a U.K. fan. He's wearing U.K. stuff. And he does something to interrupt the game somehow. And after that, just like that, the tides turn. And all of a sudden, uh, U.K., whoever they're playing, say, I don't know, whoever Kansas, for example. Let's say they're playing Kansas. And Kansas, after that point, they just take over because the tides have turned, because something happened with a fan. Um, do you think the whole state would turn on that person? I do. I think we would all blame that fan. Well, I think it's easy to say, hindsight twenty twenty that 
looking back, that because of Bartman, we wouldn't do that. But knowing Kentucky basketball fans and knowing myself, yeah, right. we would, we would uh, do that. They're so irrational. We, we so I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm so irrational. When Brooks Conrad made all those errors in the game, uh, was it game right. four of the NLDS? For, yeah. for the Atlanta Braves, who aren't, who aren't Braves fans. Yeah, for the Atlanta Braves, yeah. He made, I think, six errors in the entire series. I seriously considered throwing my TV out my 26-foot window. Because like, I was that was blamed Brooks Conrad for that loss, didn't you? You blamed Brooks Conrad for the entire series. But, but see, but see, the issues. The issue is different. Steve Bartman is that Steve Bartman is the fan that right. was that did every that was that was in the middle of a crowd that did the exact same thing. Yes, he was the unlucky right. one to have the ball in his hands. Yes, and so he's the easy scapegoat. It's not the same as as. But you do know that that same inning, the bases were loaded. And a ground ball is a shortstop, Alex Gonzalez. Not the same Alex Gonzalez that played for the Braves last year, a different one. He had the highest fielding percentage in the National League, and he committed an error. It was a tailor-made double play ball which got him out of the inning. But no one remembers that. Yeah, I mean, the Cubs definitely blew their chances. I mean, that's that's a terrible to blame Steve Bartman for that. So, so what did the documentary go into about how the fans, Chicago Cubs fans, were treating one of their own? Because they were placing the blame on Bartman, not on the team that they blew what the four or five run lead that they had, but the blame was, was yeah. yeah that Bartman lost that game for them. And, and then they lose like two more games after that, wasn't it? Like, that was game like, six. Then they lost. They lost game seven after that. Well, Both of the games were at Wrigley. They even they even had another game to beat them. And, and so, so, had, they, so what stemmed from that game with Bartman as a, as a, the person in Chicago? He was getting more death threats and. I'm he sure. Death threat, but he, wasn't he? Didn't he have to? Suit. Didn't he have to stay in his home for a certain period of time because he couldn't leave? Because was he? Did he have like yeah, stalkers well, or something? Where the news were constantly at his door. He there essentially were, turned into a superstar because um, he turned down one hundred thousand dollar contracts to do commercials and sign autographs and stuff. Like he just wanted to be left alone. Um, his ball, the ball that hit him in his hand, the guy next to him actually picked it up off the ground when it happened. And he sold that ball at Bartman's demise. Obviously, Bartman's like was still in Ivy. He was like Osama bin Laden of Chicago. <laughs> and um, uh, well, that, that's the guy we need to be going after. He's the one that's trying to make <laughs> money off the situation, not Bartman. Yeah, it was the guy sitting sold, next to him that needs to be the scapegoat. He sold the ball to he sold the ball to a restaurant for one hundred thousand dollars. Speaking of selling, I mean, really, did y'all see what Jeremy Lin rookie card went for? No, on eBay, you went like twenty one thousand dollars. Wow. Worth it. I saw a Yahoo story about that. That's crazy. So, so about Bartman. Bartman does Bart? Did it mention anything about Bartman still being a fan of the Cubs at all? Uh, I mean, yeah, he's still a Cubs fan. He um, see that's a true issued, fan. That's a true. He fan. issued an apology to the, the to the organization. Um, so it was a pretty big deal. I, I mean, obviously when that happened, it wasn't really big. It isn't, and isn't Theo Epstein the new uh, general manager for the Cubs? Isn't he trying to do something for Bartman to like kind of bring him back? I, I thought they, they traded they traded Steve Bartman to the Red Sox for Theo. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. Okay, and then the Red Sox won a championship too. So yeah, Theo Epstein. Yeah, so my thing well. is, my thing is, this whole thing, Bartman remained faithful to to Chicago, although Chicago did not remain faithful to Bartman. So I want to flip topics. Joe, you also mentioned the other day on your Twitter, which, by the way, everyone followed my Twitter, at Real Joe Mathis. You mentioned that you think it's hard for you to 
kind of understand how fans, let's say, that live in the Lexington area, how they can be fans of North Carolina and Duke with no family just, connections. Listen, okay, and we all know that, that, that Kentucky bleeds blue. The whole state right. is, I can, I can hear myself echoing, what you call a reverb. Hashtag um, Louisville doesn't exist. So we all know that Kentucky, the state of Kentucky, is our Kentucky Wildcats fans. So when Coach Cal came after Billy G, everyone automatically assumed that if you're a Kentucky fan, you're a bandwagon fan because Kentucky had two bad years under Billy G, and then the previous two years under Toby weren't great either. So, um, But Toby was a great coach regardless of those two years. Toby was a good coach. He was okay, yes. He was a great coach. Look, I'm just ready for Coach Cal went out this year so that St. Tubby went 16-0 and 0 in the SEC, so he can quit saying that. He was the last coach that went undefeated in the SEC. But, but what were your claims about you can't be a fan of Duke or North Carolina if you have no connections it's, unless you live there? Because technically, I mean, we grew up with Kentucky. Our family, you know, you know, worked for the thing is, worked you at can't Old Memorial Coliseum. It all revolves around the whole bandwagon fan aspect because you can't call someone a bandwagon fan if they root for a team that is in their state, that they have right. um, some sort of connection to, that they can relate to. That's the whole point of sports. You pick a team that you can relate to. All right, so let's say that a team, a North Carolina or a Duke, they have fans in Kentucky. Well, how in the world does that happen? How do you become I a mean, or Duke fan? You you there are some UK fans that are bandwagon because – they didn't like them. But every 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 team has bandwagon fans. Yeah. Okay. But, but so um, so what you're saying is that if you live in Kentucky and you're a fan of let's say let's just use North Carolina or Duke as the example, you're a fan of them because they won a championship one year and you said, hey, I'm going to cheer for them. Not because you have any geographical ties. Not because you have any family ties to the school. At one point, they were really good and you started cheering for them because they were really good and you were still a fan yeah. of them. Does yes, that make you I'm a bandwagon fan not, or a real fan? That's the that's the question no. I'm asking. Yeah, well, I'm not saying that they're a bandwagon fan now because I know that there are plenty of people who live in the state who root for a team outside of Kentucky or Louisville, and I can even understand rooting for Louisville because that's a, uh, a team with in-state ties, but that care more about Duke or North Carolina than I do Kentucky basketball. So I'm not saying they're bandwagon fans now, but I'm saying at one point, okay, what attracted them to Duke or North Carolina? Do you have to question, would you be a Duke or North Carolina fan if you they didn't have national championships? I the answer is probably no. No. Oh, right. I think that's a I think that's a very valid point. Uh, what were you I don't say? because when I played ABA basketball and I was like third and fourth grade, I was I was on the team UCLA and at that age, at the same age I played Pee Wee baseball and I was I was on the Braves. That's how I became a Braves fan. I have no family ties, I have no geographical so do you think there are do you think there are a lot of people do you think there are a lot of people out there who who choose their favorite team the same way because I'll be honest with you I'm a huge Raiders fan have been stuck with them through thick and thin but I started cheering for them when they were playing in the Super Bowl against the Buccaneers so I became a fan of the Raiders exactly what Joe's talking about would I be a fan of the Raiders if they never won a Super Bowl possibly because I I'm attracted to the things that don't revolve around winning. I mean, I would like to see them get back to winning. That's not what I'm saying. But I started becoming a fan of them because I saw the black hole. I saw what the fans were like, and I said, I want to be a part of that. But, but And I've well, stuck well, with them through the losing seasons, but I became a fan because they were in the Super Bowl, ultimately. Are you well, the exception? I, I think most people – I think Joe's right. I think most people become a fan of a team because that team at one point was relevant. It doesn't necessarily. Exactly. So at that point, 
at the point of deciding that you're going to be a fan of that team, at that point you're a bandwagon because you like the team right. because they're good. Right. Now, if you but, continue to follow them, then it's a completely different story. But, the, but there's because a, you continue to okay. follow them over the years. So, but in that sense, bandwagon is not a term that can be used negatively in most cases because, like, I, I mean, I, I guess it depends. I don't think I'm a bandwagon Braves fan, but I don't think that it. You were eight years old. But in your definition, I am because at that time the Braves were really good. They were what? What year was that? I, I don't even know. I was like probably. In Pee Wee, I don't, I don't know. I was nine, eight, so ninety. It was like how sick, How aware were you that the Braves were really good? Uh, I guess because I was on the Braves team, so I was always wondering <laughs> about them. I'm saying, how aware were you that they were that good? Did you know they were that good? I don't know. Probably not. Okay, well, exactly. Then that can so that could that could happen with other people in that in that scenario. That cannot. Oh, yeah, well, exactly. That's exa- that's exactly right. But I'm saying uh, that's exactly right. You could play for the Tar Heels or the Blue Devils or something and say at a young age, at a young age, right? At a young age, yeah, right. Or you, or maybe it's something like the colors. Like I know when I became a Raiders fan, I said the silver and black are the greatest color colors for any team I've ever seen, and I still believe that because you're a Raiders fan, though. No, I mean, I think I looked at it because before I even decided, hey, I'm going to be a Raiders fan. I looked at them and said, wow, the silver and black. I mean, that's an intimidating color. But, I mean, there's other factors that go into it, but I think they're real fans of real teams, and I'm not questioning anybody's fandom. Because I firm, I mean, I believe that, you know, you can be a real fan and, and stick through your team through thick and thin, whether they're winning or losing or whatever. But the thing is, the real fans, the genuine fans, it's in their family, it's in their blood. Joe and me, for instance, are Braves fans because our family's from Atlanta, and our family was Braves fans. We're Kentucky fans because our family is from Kentucky, and they're Kentucky fans. And our grandparents worked in Memorial Coliseum so, when so Rupp was I, coach. Am I thinking Browns bandwagon fan? No, I because I, I think the Browns have been good. Huh? The Browns are awful. But see, that's a that's a regional that's a regional team. Though I mean, Cleveland is pretty close. I mean, it's, you know, it's but a regional. I've never, team. I've never been there. I've, I don't have any family there. I'm still a, I'm still a Cleveland fan. But like, it's different for pro sports teams because there's no pro sports teams in Kentucky. Right, right. So you just kind of reach out and say, I'll be a fan. I mean, how did how did uh, Chris Russell become a fan of – he went from the Dodgers – or he went from the Astros to the Dodgers to the Braves. He didn't know what – Now, people that, now people that are fans of, like, like the Lakers, the Patriots, uh, the yeah, Yankees. See, see, I don't understand those people either because – Those guys are ridiculous. I feel like if you're going to be a fan of a team, you have to be a fan of a certain region. You know, how are you going to cheer for the Saints in football, but cheer for the Lakers in basketball and well, the Tar Heels in college basketball and Alabama in college football? They're obviously cheering for all the good teams. Right. Okay. I think you're saying. I don't know. But we digress. Back to Bartman. Bartman was a fan. He Did lived in. He lived in Chicago, and he was a fan of the Cubs. Yet his fans did not. Yet his own fans, his the people who were supposed to be his friends, you know, on the same team, cheering for the same objective for the same goal, turned on him. It's a classic case of bullying. Do you <laughs> bully campaign for Steve hashtag Barton. stop bullying hashtag protect Steve. Start him up. Snuck out of Wrigley Field. 
Yeah, and, what? and then he then he lived what the rest of he's lived his life in fear since then. And then the documentary comes out and kind of slaps Cubs fans in the face, and they start feeling all apologetic and everything, and saying, "Look, we were in the wrong." So I think Bartman can kind of have some peace since the documentary came out. So I think that's something good that's come out of it. But it should have never happened. Do you think that 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 ins- that that case something similar could happen again? Yeah, is it, is it a possibility? Anytime a sport plays, anything silly can happen. But I can be I can be <laughs> hit the street on the rough arena court and <laughs> ruin UK's chances to win a national championship. If you did that, you know, like you wouldn't last very long in the state. Well, I'm well, afraid see, that I might. I'm, I'm afraid I might be murdered. Cub, Cubs would. fans are the same last way. Cubs them. Cubs fans take the Cubs as seriously as UK basketball fans take UK basketball. Who who what 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 who has the best fan base? Cubs or the or the Wildcats? College basketball for Wildcats. Well, of course, you know I'm a little biased. I'm going to say the Wildcats. Right. If you if you want like at an unbiased point of view, which fans are more more. Uh, I don't know. I think they're they're both honestly they're both ruthless in their own individual way. Are the Cubs the most intense team in baseball fan wise? Like, are they the best? Fan? I think if the Cubs were relevant, if the Cubs were as relevant in their sport as UK is in basketball in their sport, obviously that draws more fans and that brings out the emo- the emotions of fans. You never seriously. Like, how many Wrigley Field games are not sold out though? Well, they're been, always sold out, aren't they? I don't know. Also, I mean, a small mistake. Yeah, in recent but years, still, they've the struggled. The is high for tickets. Kind of like the Packers. They're, they're, they're always going to sell tickets. I think, it, I think you, you're going to have... How bad they are. It's like the Browns. But no, no, it's not like that, because you're going to have trouble telling me that the Cubs are as big as UK basketball and vice versa, because Chicago is one they of the biggest cities. Chicago is one of the biggest cities in the world compared to Lexington. Chicago is a baseball town as well. Lexington is a basketball town. Hey, you better not tell Northwestern University that. <laughs> no, see, the thing is, I, I don't agree with you, though, because everybody in Chicago likes the Bears. Not everybody in Chicago likes the Cubs. But it's a baseball town. It's, it's the Cubs and White Sox. I don't know. Everybody you can knows also, a baseball town. I, I don't know. See, that's a different argument. For they're fans. They're fans. Baseball town. I, value, I think their fans are the same level as the basketball if not even... If not well, what do you mean, same level? Same level of intensity, like, same level of passion? What like, do you mean, same level? Passion. Just passion for the for their team. I think it's the same level as UK basketball. So, I mean, I understand why the, why the Steve Bartman was such a big deal. It shouldn't have been, but I don't understand why. Because you can't say that if something crazy and, and something that never happened happened in a UK basketball game that costs the game. But I think you can say that. I think you can say that about any team where the fans are really passionate about their team. A lot right. of teams have lackadaisical fans, but I think a team that's doing well, especially because the situation with the Cubs is different. The Cubs have not been in the World Se- or won a World Series in what like a hundred some years, and they they're they're they feel it. You know, they're that close to to getting there, and then. Bartman does what any fan would do, and so he's the easy scapegoat. He's the reason. He's the reason the curse exists. No, the blame should be placed on on the lack of execution on the team's part. The team failed to execute in that game and and the game that followed it. So the blame should be placed not on Bartman, not on the fans. The fans reacted with emotion, yet was directed in the wrong direction. The blame should be placed on the Cubs' baseball team. They're the ones that failed to execute. Exactly, and that was the problem with the situation. But you can't you can't blame 
I mean, you can't say that's, that's the only place that would happen. You can't say Chicago is a bad, bad fanship because of that. Because that the, if the exact same type thing happened that first Kentucky basketball, right. would have reacted the exact same way. Right. Right. So you can't say the Cubs fans are worse than anybody else. Because I'm not, I'm not saying they're worse. I'm saying the media, the fans, everyone that was involved in that situation directed their aggression and their anger for what happened. At the wrong person, at the wrong party. I blame George Bush. And they would, they would have done that everywhere. I blame George Bush. Exactly. George Bush is, is the cause of everything wrong in this society. That's That's well, let me take a 20. That ends this edition of the Philip Mathis <laughs> podcast. George I blame Bush, George Bush. George Bush is at fault for everything that is wrong in this society. Don't let anyone everything. tell you different. Don't let the Why don't let the conservative happen? news tell you anything different. George Bush Where's is at this fault. podcast go? I don't know. It went down the, the toilet. I'll tell you that much. But anyway, it's Philip Mathis with Corey Fugate and Joseph Mathis signing off. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, God bless America, God bless sports, and God bless the United States of America. <laughs> Hit me up on Twitter, at Fugate. That's F-U-G-E-Y-F-U-G-E. Hit me up on Twitter, at Philip Mathis, P-H-I-L-I-P-M-A-T-H-I-S. Hashtag, we in here.